get back to making better decisions. No regrets. Living a life of no regrets. Learning to live a life making better decisions that leads us to a story that's being written that we're not only excited to have told, but we are stoked to live. And we've been walking through this idea that each week of this, this idea is seen on the screen. That every decision has an outcome, and every outcome builds the story of our lives. And we've been bringing this up every single week because this is 100% true. The fact that you're sitting right here, right now, you made a decision to come. In fact, right now, you're the sum total of all decisions you've ever made in life. That's who we are, or some of our decisions. And since that statement is true, and since we were trying to figure out what it looks like, we want to make better decisions, are are we making better decisions? Actually, the question I should ask. Are we making the decisions that's writing the story, writing the life that we want told? Let me come on, let's be honest for a second. I think everyone in this room, or if you're watching online or listening online, would want to have a better life than you're currently living. Now, some of you just thought, well, man, my life is pretty good. I just saw the thought bubbles pop up in your heads. Right there, there's another one. There's another one, right? My life is pretty good. Even if you say, my life is good... I am certain you wouldn't throw out the window the opportunity for a better one. Yeah? Okay. Well, that starts with making better decisions. That starts with making decisions that lead us to the best possible life. A life of no regrets. And so what we've been doing in this series is is building the framework for us to walk through when it comes through making decisions. What would Jesus do? Do I want to look like Jesus? The decisions I make in my life make me look like Jesus. We've been walking through this grid. And we're putting these decisions through the filter of the book of truth that leads us to the best possible outcomes, to the best possible life. Are you with me on this? Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. All right, do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and say, let's get it. Let's get it. Look at the other side of you. The person you just ignored, say, let's get it. Awesome. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, we're starting at verse 1 this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, we're starting at verse 1. I'm going to just take a second and pray if you just join me. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you through song and word. God, it's all about you following you, learning more about your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that today as we wrap up this series about making better decisions, having less regrets in our lives, that you open our hearts and our mind and our ears to your word of truth. And that you'll speak to us and show us what changes we need to make. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1. It says, Therefore... Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's just stop right here. I've shared this before, but when, it, when we are reading Scripture and we come into the word therefore, we need to stop and ask it a simple question. What is it there for? Pretty genius, right? 
therefore. What is it therefore? Because here's what happens. This one word, this word therefore, is leading us to a result that's based on what was previously said. So it's okay, you come to this word therefore and say, okay, I'm going to give you the outcome. I'm going to give you the results, but that's based on what I just shared with you. See, so when we're reading scripture, sometimes we forget that this is an entire letter. This whole book of Hebrews is one letter that was written. These chapters, these verses aren't inspired by God. They were put there by man. In fact, they didn't start being put into, into scripture until around the 1200s. And so we look at this like, I go, that must be there by God. And what it does is it helps us recognize, like John 3.16, we know where to go. We know that verse. We can memorize the verse. We can share that verse. But it, those weren't inspired. So this is one long letter. And we need to look at it that way. And in this case, when we're looking at this word, therefore, in, in the beginning of chapter 12, verse 1, it tells us to look back into the Hebrews chapter 11. It tells us, okay, what I'm going to give you the result for, the, what I'm going to give you the information from, based on all, everything I just shared with you in chapter 11. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is known in the church world as the hall of faith. I want to encourage you to go back and read it because it's pretty amazing what the author shares. Um, but it was a life, of, it shares all these lives of people, real life people, who base their decisions in life on their faith in the coming Christ. See, they lived in a time, there's people that are shared in chapter 11, they live in a time when Jesus wasn't physically present. But they believed and trusted in a God who said that he would send him. And the author says that they were commended for their faith. Friends, we too live in a time that Jesus isn't physically present. Jesus came, he changed the world with his life, death, and resurrection on the cross, but he isn't physically here. Jesus right now sits on the right hand of the Father. And the Old Testament faith say, look forward to Jesus coming. We are looking forward to Jesus coming back. Amen. And one day Jesus is coming back. And everything will be put back the way it was in the beginning before sin destroyed God's perfect creation. Jesus coming back, that is the hope that we all have, we, that we hold to. That all of us who have given our lives to Jesus, he is the Lord of our life. We hold to that truth. And when Jesus comes back, there's going to be no more death, no more disease, no more disaster. But until that comes, we have to wait. And as we wait, we have to base our decisions in life on our faith in the risen Christ. And the author of Hebrews is what he's saying is that look back. Look back at this great cloud of witnesses, of these faith followers, because these are people that we can learn from. So when it comes to you and I making decisions, setting the platform, making a, making a clear decision, what we can do is simply learn from the past. Learn from the past. That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. Okay, learn from the past. I just shared all this information about these great people of faith. Now I want you to look back and learn from them. 
See, our past holds a great experience for us to glean from. It's a library of lies for you and me to learn, to see the decisions that were done, the choices that were made, and the outcomes based on those decisions. The past is free informational guide for you and I to grab a hold of, to learn from. There's a reason why there's that phrase that people say that hindsight is 2020. Why do you think that is? It's because people look back. They can look back then and say, okay, this was the situation, these are the decisions that were made, and this is the outcome. Now I'm like, okay, I'm a genius. I can look back and okay, I'd maybe make a different decision. And that lead me to a different outcome. Monday morning quarterbacks. All of you who love football, you think you're a genius on Monday morning. Like, if I was the coach, I would have called this play. <laughs> well, you know, if it's fourth and inches and you got a freight train of a running back, you hand it off, the ball off to him, you let him run it down their throat, and you win the game. You don't try some trick play and get a sack. Lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> there is so much wisdom from the lives that have already been lived that we can pull into our decision-making process in life. The author was speaking to these followers of Jesus saying, look back. Look back at the Hall of Faith. Look back at these people, these individuals, and see how their faith in God and the coming Messiah shaped their lives and decisions and how they lived. Let's work through this a little bit here. You think that you're, you are suffering right now. You say, I can't see the light on the other side of what I'm walking through. I'm dealing with some stuff in life. There just seems to be so much going on that my life's either going sideways or backwards. I want to encourage you to look at Jonah. Look at Jonah. He decided not to listen to God. He decided to run from God. And he got sucked up by a big fish. Let me just ask you, church. Has any of you been swallowed by a big fish? You think about this? <laughs> no. So then maybe, maybe your life is a little bit better than Jonah. But his decision, his decision not to follow God, his decision to run from God, not do what he was commanded to do by God, caused him pain. Well, that is something we can learn from. That is something every single one of us can learn to. Okay, decision I made not to follow God and do what I want to do, not what God called me to do, brought me pain. Okay, that makes sense. We can learn from that. All right, good, look at four. By the way, before I go on, Jonah finally obeyed, and he changed the lives of an entire city. Just saying. Maybe you're being harassed because of your faith in Christ. Maybe some of you didn't get invited to a, a 4th of July barbecue. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling like an outcast where you work or where people you're trying to get connected with at school. 
And you have started thinking this idea, maybe, maybe I'll start compromising my faith walk and I'll start making decisions in life based on acceptance. If I wasn't such a stickler in following God and I started doing some things differently, maybe I'll be accepted a little bit more. I want to encourage you, if that's you, take a look at, at the life of Noah. Let me just ask you, did God ask any of you to be, build a ridiculously large boat? Okay, I think uh, that's true, a boat big enough to harness so many animals. Uh, could you imagine how Jonah, uh, Noah felt? Could you imagine the outcast that he was, people like, <laughs> the kids, could you imagine being uh, Japheth and Ham, uh, Ham and Shem, could you imagine his kids, people were like, dude, your dad's a nut job, <laughs> he's building this what, what, that's crazy. Maybe it isn't so bad, is it? Seen as an outcast because you're living your life for God. By the way, God used Noah's family to set the future of humanity because the rest of them were all wiped out by a flood. And Noah and his family lived a righteous life, a right living before God, and the decisions shaped. Humanity. Imagine that for you. And that's something we can learn from. Maybe decisions you're making right now as the head of your home shape the generations of your, your family tree because you didn't compromise your faith. That's a past we can learn from. The past is a powerful resource that many of us fail to use. The lives of billions upon billions of people who lived and made decisions every single day. Some of them were absolutely horrible decisions and the outcomes were disastrous. But other decisions that people made that you can find were amazing and affected generations to come. They're at our fingertips. We can learn from the past. And maybe you're here, okay, I want to push back. I really don't care about the lives of Jonah and Noah, Rich. I really don't want to care. Look at the lives of others. Let me just ask you, uh, what about your life? The last time you made a decision, what was the outcome? Last time you walked up to something that's right in front of you right now, and you're getting ready to make this decision, what was the outcome? Was it negative? Full of regrets? Or was it positive, full of God's glory? The last time you talked back to your parents, how did that go? <laughs> My day was a sore back end and a bar of soap. What happened the last time you decided not to go to work? What was the outcome of overspending at Christmas and putting everything on your credit card? What happened the last time you ignored your children and they did whatever they wanted, how they wanted? 
What happened the last time you made a major decision without including your spouse? The couch. <laughs> made a major decision without seeking wise counsel. See? It's pretty simple, isn't it? The last time of anything in your life is a past you can learn from. We just need to be aware to stop and, okay, what happened the last time I chose this? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it negative? Was it positive? And if we think, and we can do the same thing over and over again and get different results, we have gone and lost our mind. That's a great example of insanity. Simply ask, the last time, what was the result? We need to learn from the past. Friends, God doesn't waste an experience in our life, and neither should we. It's a library to learn from. Let's continue reading. It says, therefore... Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let's stop there again. Our, our next step, okay, we're going to learn from the past, and then we need to throw off the excess. We need to throw off the excess. Get things out of our lives that are slowing our lives down. The stuff that's in your life right now that's slowing you down, get it out. Now, I want to be very, very clear with this. I'm not talking about the life that you desire to live. I'm talking about the life that God desires you to live. And so many times when we measure our success in the life that we want to live, the thing that gets in the way is God. And he is the first one who's removed from our lives. We stop reading the scripture. We stop praying. We stop showing up at church. We don't go to a small group. We stop serving. I have a success story in my life, the American dream. This is what I want to live. And God just keeps on getting in the way. He's seen as the excess of life. He is seen as the hindrance. I say this because I've watched people do it. I watch people walk through and make that decision. And they've experienced so much unnecessary pain in their life. See, we need to remember that, that God has the best plan in life for us. He has the best life in mind for us. I shared this idea in week, week one, but when God says don't, he's saying don't hurt yourself. When he's saying don't, don't hurt yourself. Let me just say this. When he say, says don't, he says what? When he says don't, he says what? Jesus came to give us life to the full, the best possible life, the here and now and forever and ever. Amen. But he leaves the responsibility of making the right decisions up to us. He gives us everything we need for life and godliness, and we are responsible to put it into action in our lives. We need to be identifying the, the items, the habits, the people in our lives that are hindering us from the best life. A better life 
with fewer regrets. Teens, listen to me for a second. Video games are fun. But if your life is consumed with these, I have to tell you, they are hindering your walk with Jesus. They are slowing you down from the best possible life. Sports. Every parent likes to think that their kid's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Kobe Bryant, A-Rod, Usain Bolt. And we push our kids to practice, to practice, and training, and training, and game time. And they miss so much that the sport becomes a focus. And, they, and I've heard this, this idea, and it's sad that they feel like that my sport is more important than my Jesus. Friendships. Some of us have people in our lives that are, that are entangling us. They're slowing us down. They're slowing us down from what God wants to do in our lives. I've shared before, we become like who we hang with. Let me just ask, are the people that you're doing life with, not people you're friends with, Jesus reached out to a lot of different people, but the people that you do life with, are those lives, lives that focus and become more like Jesus? Are those lives, lives that move more like Jesus? Get rid of the excess. Get rid of the excess. And that leads us to the sin side of things. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Excess is not only things that slow us down, but sin is a problem. It stops us in our tracks. That word entangled means ensnared, being controlled by, constricted by. It's like when we were kids and you're running through the fields and, and you ran to these thorn bushes, right? You ran in like, oh, and you're in pain and you're. And what happens? The longer you're in it, the more you toil, the more pain you take. That's sin. That's what sin does to our lives. Hurts us over and over. Are there, is there sin in our lives that we need to root out? Maybe it's a conversation we talk with God. Okay, God, Father, show me. Show me right now what, what's in my life that is not bringing you glory, that's, that's living a way that doesn't have you called me to live. Because sin separates. It separates us from God. It separates from the life that he's called us to live. Sin hinders his blessings. Sin hinders the communication. That's prayer. God says, before you start talking to me about all the stuff that you want me to fix, maybe you should get some of the junk that's in your life out. A few years ago, I ran into a guy that I hadn't spoken to in a while, and I asked him, I said, dude, man, how you doing? And this is, this is a response, word for word for me. Good. I'm living in sin, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I thought for a second, said, and I said this out loud, you're crazy. You're crazy. 
crazy. You know that you're living a way that God doesn't want you to live and you're absolutely okay with it? We cannot ignore the commands of God and think that we'll receive the blessings of God. It doesn't work that way. If you want a better life, better decisions, no regrets, get rid of the excess. Stuff that's hindering and the sin that's entangled you. Let's continue reading. It goes on and says, And let us run, the, run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Let's stop there again. Our next step, okay, we need to learn from the past. We need to get rid of the access. And the last part of this is simply follow the leader. Follow the leader. Our race, our life is a race. And the best possible life is a path in front of us, marked out for us. It's kind of like the yellow brick road in Wizard of Oz. Anybody here watch Wizard of Oz? Yeah. All right. Several times. Several times. <laughs> the yellow brick road, right? Dorothy and everybody is going down this yellow brick road, right? Off to see the wizard, right? <laughs> And everything was great, and they were happy, and they were skipping, and it was wonderful. As they stayed on the road. When they went off the road, they got into the field. That's when danger came. Dangerous outcomes. We talked a little bit of this on week one, but growing up, we all, I believe all of us have played the game Follow the Leader. I think that game was made up by teachers to keep the crazy animals in order. <laughs> Every once in a while when we would play that game, I would break off and go my own direction. I look down, we all line up, and we're going down the hallway for lunch. I look up, I'm like, oh, Susie's leading today. Susie's boring. So we'd be going down to lunch, and I'm in the, middle of the, in the middle of the row of kids, and I'd be looking around, no one's paying attention. I would just, I would just turn. I'd be going down another hallway, and I'd be taking half the class with me. It was awesome. <laughs> They're like, oh, follow Rich. Those of you who know me, you understand. Those of you who don't know me, things are coming clear. Um, <laughs> Every time, every time I did that, I got in trouble. As a church, Jesus is our leader. He is the head of the church. And in his word, he tells us, he shares a ton that we're called to listen to and to live by. Just go read the book of John. The book of John, 21 chapters, 21 days. 
And as you do, start writing down everything that Jesus tells us to do or how to live. Jesus says, don't look at women in lust. Jesus says, we need to forgive as we've been forgiven. Jesus says, don't harbor hate in our hearts. Jesus said, I've been given my earthly life so you can have eternal life. Jesus said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. But when it comes down to everything that Jesus says, two words change everything. Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. Two words that transforms a life. Two words that changes everything because Jesus changes everything. Two words that changes the eternal zip code. Where will it be for all eternity? Two words that changes a broken life. Two words that changes a hardened heart. Two words, simply two words, follow me. This is the life that I have for you, Jesus says. The best possible life. And it's built on making better decisions so you don't have regrets. And it's simple two words, Jesus says, follow me, and it changes everything. Because everything points to Jesus. When it says consider him in verse 3, it doesn't, it doesn't mean just, okay, let me give Jesus a thought. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus, he's a cool guy. High five, Jesus. It means to delete, deeply deliberate on, to think clearly on, actively listen, reason, meditative thought on the life of Jesus. Consider Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Because as Christ's followers, he is the leader of our lives. So ask yourself right now, who are you following? Who, uh, who or what has taken residence in the heart of your life? When it says he's the author of our faith, it means that it starts with him. He's the pioneer of faith. It means that it's char he's charting the course for us. He is the perfecter of our faith, meaning that following him brings everything, our faith, our life, our eternity, in final conclusion in Jesus. And if that's the case, who are you following? The world or Jesus? Am I on a path that leads me to the best possible life? A path that's building a story that I want told, that I'm stoked to live? Am I willing to do whatever it takes to get back on track? Do I want my life to be filled with his glory or my regrets? Man, these are all convicting questions. There's a beautiful thing, a beautiful truth of Jesus that's right before us all. You see, with Jesus, we can never be too far gone. In Jesus, we never can do too much wrong. 
See, in Jesus, it doesn't matter what decisions you made last decade, last year, last month, last night. Because in Jesus, there's redemption. In Jesus, there's no condemnation. In Jesus, there's opportunity to turn life around. But you have to decide. You have to decide. Do you want the life that Jesus has for you or do you want the life that you want for you? Follow the leader. He will never fail you. It doesn't matter how we look at it this morning. If you're in this room and you have never given your life to Christ, he is not your Lord. You're just trying to figure this thing, oh God and Jesus thing out. Like kicking the tires before you buy your car. Life changes with you when you give your life to Christ. Make him the Lord of your life. Best decision you can ever make. If you're in this room or listening or watching online and you said, okay, Jesus is my Lord. I've given my life, man. I have eternity. I'm going to be within heaven, okay? So you step in this looking differently. You're asking yourselves a whole bunch of different questions right now. But the outcome's the same for all of us. The best possible life is with Jesus Christ making better decisions and living a life of no regrets. How about you? That's what I desire. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, if I'm being honest, this has been a very convicting series. hard series to look at some things in my own life so today I pray God open my heart my mind and my ears my eyes to see your glory your truth help me see the decisions that I'm making in life that don't honor and glorify you help me ask the question on a daily basis what would Jesus do my life be a life that brings you all the glory and I pray that for our church they would all be courageous honest with you they will see the things in our lives the decisions we are making they're leading us down a dark path refusing to listen. We put our hands in your face that we'll take our hands down and let you be the Lord of our lives. Because that's what you desire. You desire to be the Lord. You desire the throne seat of our lives. 
because you know what's best. God, as we wrap up this series, I pray that we don't wrap this thought up. That we'll carry everything that you've shown us through this series about making decisions forward in life. I pray that we continue to, to honor you and glorify you with them. And our, let our lives be a light and a witness to the world around us. That Jesus does change everything. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.